So, Just Alex, uh, Just Alex Central, uh, uploaded a video, actually it was a 13 minute, 14 minute clip um, that he, you know, um, cut, if you will. He didn't cut it out of the live stream, but he basically, you know, you know, kind of edited it out. He basically took part of it and put it into its own little video. And basically, um, in the video, he talked about the bidding war in w uh in wrestling in 2024 and the fact that wwe potentially could be picking up more um aew talent you know within that time frame and that talent of course is well one mjf who always talks about in character on camera in interviews in character whatever uh, always talks about the fact that he's going to jump ship to wwe in 2024 but now we can also add potentially Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Now Kenny, you know, had his contract extended from its original expiration date for another nine months due to injury by Tony Khan. Now you might say, well, he didn't have to do that and Kenny would still work, you know, with him, especially if he's the IWGP US champ and they have a partnership with New Japan. You know, uh, basically, I don't think Tony would have anything to worry about, so why extend it? Well, you have to understand Tony Khan's, you know, frame of mind right now. Right now, Tony Khan, you know, has revolution this Sunday. And he also has the mindset of WWE seems to be sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. You know, when it comes to AEW talent, like contract tampering and stuff like that. And now he's probably going to have more uh, of a reason to be a little paranoid, a little... I guess you could say war-minded when it comes to WWE because WWE has pretty much set up uh, the King of the Ring, you know, potentially for Saudi Arabia where maybe a certain announcement could take place, you know, around the end of May, which by the way is Labor Day, not Labor Day, but Memorial Day weekend, and that's typically when AEW runs double or nothing. And that right there may not sit well with Tony Khan, um, you know, you know, right now as we speak. I mean, I'm sure we're going to find out an exact, you know, date this Sunday of Double or Nothing, but I guarantee you it does not sit well with him. I mean, I would not be surprised if he tries to go head-to-head -head somewhat with WWE uh, within the same day of the event. Like, you know, we got Crown Jewel, not Crown Jewel, but King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring uh, in Saudi, you know, uh, at the end of May, and then we have basically later on that day, you know, in the same day, you know, double or nothing. Like, you know, you have, you know, King of the Ring in the early afternoon because of the time zones, time zone differences across the globe. And then after that, you have double or nothing. I mean, what a weekend, what a Saturday that would be for wrestling. And Tony would only do that mainly to try to get at WWE, get back at them for trying to take over his, you know, his weekend, if you will. His, you know, basically the weekend he lays claim to. But hey, if he wants to go to war... You know, WWE, especially under Triple H, will bring the war to him. Now, uh, Alex did mention during this video that things could be vastly different in the next couple of months if what Nick Khan, you know, if Nick Khan's projection of a sale takes place and becomes a reality. You know, because Nick Khan did say in a recent interview that, you know, from an estimation, guesstimation standpoint, he's looking at a sale being, you know, done within three, three, four months. I don't see that happening. I do not see that happening. Now, unless, you know, what Vince is asking for sale price-wise, which is $9 billion, is met, then I could expect a certain country, 
in you know the financial group to make that announcement at the King and Queen of the Wing tournaments. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, you know, but it's you know it's a possibility. It's kind of within that time frame, but we'll have to see. More than likely, I don't think WWE is going to sell just yet. I mean, if they do, uh, they're going to sell to someone here in the U.S. Let me just put it that way. I mean, yes, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia is on the table. The PFI, P, PFI uh, group is on the table. But last time I heard, they're in a position to where, you know, they went from being the favorites to being the least favorites to, you know, obtain ownership. Because I think anybody that's going to talk with Vince McMahon and help him mull over this decision, you know, is going to basically tell him, yeah, you know, Saudi is a good choice, but they're not going to be a very, you know, popular choice with not just your talent, but with everybody. So, yeah, you know, Saudi might financially have the money to buy WWE, but right now they're not, like, in the running anymore. They're like, they're basically like that presidential candidate you know, that you think is going to be the candidate to become president or at least be the nominee, you know, to go against the current president or one of the other potential party members. And then suddenly they drop out because, you know, basically some things about them just caught up with them and they become and they went from being a top favorite to a least favorite. So I, I could, you know, so that's basically how you could view Saudi Arabia right now. Like they, they could, te- te- they could technically still be in the running, but I don't think any of us see it happening. Period. If anybody's got a shot, it's going to be Endeavor, and all they have to do is find the best backer for them. And I think, I think eventually they'll go into. I mean, if they were able to find somebody to probably back them in buying, you know, UFC, I think they're going to find somebody to back them to buy WWE. That's that's just me. That's just me. And for all we know, WWE may not sell, period. I mean, if they were going to sell, do you think they'd be making plans in advance for SummerSlam and all that, like venue-wise and everything? Of course they wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't be doing these bookings and sellings of events for, like, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and so on, you know, if, you know, if basically they're going to get sold to someone that may change those change course on those plans. So I don't think WWE is going to sell right away this year. I mean, we're going to get potential buyers, but it won't be this year. And even if they do sell, people have to understand that despite what Vince has done, he has SEC, he has SEC guidelines he's got to follow, which means even though, let's say, you know, Saudi, Saudi gets it, they come out of nowhere and get, you know, get ownership, they still got to sign all these, you know, X's and O's and dots and T's and everything. And they have to, uh, you know, agree to all a bunch of different things, you know, along the ways. And you know, it's it's basically it'll basically it'll turn into a complicated mess. And also, people seem to forget that you got some lawsuits breathing down Vince McMahon's throat right now that could slow down potentially a sale. And I don't even think the Saudis will want to stick their hands in that. And once again, I do stick by the fact that I believe these Saudis of this PFI group may not be exactly the same way that the other countrymen are um, as we speak. They might be more like with it, more up to date and everything, they might be more willing to let WWE just continue being what they are and just, you know, have have at least the knowledge that they own the company and all that, but just leave it at, leave it at best. Be, basically be in the background, if you will. But again, they're right now in a situation to where financially they could do it, but they're basically so off course right now or so off the rate, so off the... Uh, uh, I guess you could say the the running, if you will, 
that it it's not going to be it's not going to be an issue, especially if they know about the lawsuits going on. And like I said, then they themselves may not want to put, you know, stick their hands into that problem, no matter what people might say. Because I know a lot of people feel that with everything going on and they're hearing these rumors and stuff, they don't know what to believe right now. They don't know what to believe. And honestly, if and honestly, if I'm going to be, you know, straight with you, I think the reason Nick Khan said he has an estimation of three months or so for a sale to happen. He's only saying that to basically spice up discussion. Like basically get all the potential buyers' attention of, oh, wait a minute, they're expecting a sale within three months? We better throw our bid in. It's all business talk. It's all money talk, what he's, do- what he's doing. Him saying that he's guesstimating you know, you know, three to four months for a sale to occur, that's his way of saying, hey, Comcast, hey, Amazon, hey, Endeavor, Got three to four months, you know. Are you guys gonna you gonna hop in? You know, you know. He's he's basically doing that. He's basically doing that. You know, to get their attention to see who's gonna who's gonna bite, who's gonna bite. But we have to remember. We have to remember that basically the potential buyers, even Saudi, if you will, have to do a lot of research into okay, what are we gonna get? What are we obtaining? you know, in the process if we want to potentially buy this company. So, you know, you, you know so you got all that to, to think about, especially if they find out, oh, we got these lawsuits, you know, breathing down Vince's throat, that could slow things down um, as well. Now, with that said, what this has to do with the bidding war, you know, basically Alex said that for all, we, for all he knows, as I mentioned earlier, we may not know what WWE looks like within this time frame. And that this could prevent WWE from potentially signing the likes of MJF, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks to WWE contracts. And that, and there is truth to that. Because they may see the fact that, well, the landscape's uncertain right now. You know, even though it looks promising, the future looks uncertain. Yeah, you know, I'll stick with AEW. That potentially could happen. Especially if you're someone like the Bucks who like to have a little bit of freedom in what they do. Now, now I'm not saying that WWE won't be able to sign them. I think they I think they could. I mean, especially if Kenny Omega wants to have at least one run, even if it's a year or so, within WWE um, to show what he can do and compete against certain opponents, I think it can be done. Same with the Young Bucks. You know, give them a year, year-long contract, let them do what they want to do, and off to the races you go. MJF, I could see being somebody that goes to WWE and becomes a Stallworth, basically a mainstay there for not just one year, but several years, just based on his charisma and the presentation of his character and stuff. But, you know, with the uncertainty of the WWE's future in the eyes of a lot of folks, they're not entirely sure if that will happen. You know, Alex kind of believes that all parties, maybe with the exception of MJF, but the other three, being the elite, he practically feels they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to stay. Because they're the heart and soul of AEW. And honestly, you know, he has a point. I mean, can you imagine AEW without, you know, Kenny Omega, without the Bucks, you know, on that roster? Because if there's anything that's attracted people to watch All Elite Wrestling since its inception is the elite. You know, the company it's named after. You know, that that is what's caused a lot of people to come and want to watch it. To watch, 
you know, watch the people. Whoa. Nearly had a disaster there. A little bit of a spill on the Coke there. But anyway, um, anyway, basically, what has made AEW an attraction in the eyes of a lot of folks, you know, uh, um, something to watch wrestling-wise is the company, you know, is the group that the company is named after. That's the Elite. Like I said, that's the elite. And if you take the elite out of all elite wrestling, it's going to feel vastly different. It's like we're, you know, because it's going to be like you're taking the heart and soul out of that company and placing it in a in a in what many would perceive being a strange land, a new a new environment, to where they don't have the freedom that they have right now. It's kind of like with Ric Flair, when Ric Flair went to WWF. Uh, in 91, you know, it was, it was kind of, excuse me, it was kind of strange to, to see Rick, you know, be in this world of cartoon gimmicks, if you will, cartoon, cartoonish gimmicks and stuff. It was kind of weird to see him in that environment, because you're always so used to seeing him in WCW, in the NWA, with the Four Horsemen, having feuds with Dusty Rhodes, you know, getting, you know, basically bleeding all over the place if you had to. And, and stuff like that. Having, you know, having hardcore matches with the likes of Terry Funk and stuff. Even before hardcore became, you know, uh, the, the, you know the, the genre of wrestling that we know of today. You know, here all of a sudden you have Ric Flair in this different, in, you know, being, still being himself, more exaggerated at times. But still being himself in this more cartoonish world. And when you went and watched WCW, while they were still into the NWA, but as WCW, it felt like something was missing. It felt like something was, you know, you know it felt like something wasn't right. And the same with Lex Luger. When Lex Luger left WCW, all you had was Sting, right? But you go and watch that, and you're like, something just doesn't feel right. It's like something is amiss. You know, what's amiss? What's going on here? Something feels like, you know, something's a little off. And even though Ric Flair returned in 93, you lost the Steiner Brothers. And guess what? Something fell off as far as the tag division in WCW went because it's like, where did the Steiners go? What happened? And then suddenly you see them pop up in WWE and it's like, okay, we now, we now know where they are, but why are they here with this cartoonish, you know, gimmick? You know, just cartoonish, gimmicky uh, promotion. It, it, again, it just felt like, you know, it just felt strange seeing them not be where a lot of people felt they belonged. And that's how a lot of people like Alex feel about, you know, the Bucks and Omega potentially going to WWE. It'll feel like, you know, it'll be like, hey, it'll feel like, yeah, it's great WWE's finally obtained them. You know, got the services, see, and it's great to see them perform in the ring and have all these dream matches that you've always wanted them to have. But when you tune over to AEW, it's going to feel like something's a little miss. It's like, yeah, we ha we still have some great wrestling and some great talent, but something seems a little off. Something feels a little, you know, not right. And the reason you would feel that is because, with the exception of Adam Page only being there, Everybody else that represented the original core of AEW is gone. And they're gone and working with, 
you know, the competition. And that's why I think Alex feels like it's not going to happen because, you know, he he feels that the Bucks are not going to want to lose the freedom. They're probably the same with Kenny Omega. But mostly because he, and maybe by extension, he believes they, that being the elite, feels like things would be so, you know, not right. You know, so amiss, if you will, if they were to leave and go work for some somebody else. So that's why he doesn't see them leaving you know, at all. He sees them maybe resigning for another several years. But we'll have to see. Again, it also depends on the future of WWE itself. Like, where is it going to land, you know, ownership-wise uh, in the long run? Again, I don't, think an, I don't think an actual sale will take place, you know, right away. And even if it does, it takes more than just, okay, here's $9 billion, Vince. Okay, thank you, bye, enjoy. You know, it's going to take more than that. It takes signing all kinds of papers, it's, it, it takes going through all different, you know, scenarios to make sure that the deal is signed, is officially signed, sealed, and delivered before it becomes official. You know, so it's, so even though, you know, WWE will be able to, you know, sell the company to somebody, you know, in, in the future, it doesn't mean that that, you know, company's going to, oh, the, those new owners are going to have outright ownership right away. They're still going to have to go through all the dots and the T's and all that. And again, you know, you look at the $9 billion price range. Yeah, I have no doubt that Endeavor, as I mentioned earlier, could probably find someone to help them make that happen. But when you look at the $9 billion price range, I don't think anybody, not even the Saudis, straight up would want to pay for that, you know, out of the pockets. I mean, financially, it may not damage the Saudis or anything like that. It may not, you know, damage them financially, but they do know, just like anybody across the globe knows, that $9 billion, that's a lot of money to, you know, uh, invest into ownership of a company and, uh, uh, you know, that you may or may not know will succeed, uh, you know, in the future, you know, or not know exactly what it's going to be, you know, financially and, you know, talent-wise and all that in the future. You know, that's a big gamble. And even the Saudi Arabia people know that's a big ga- gamble. You know, we have to be realistic about that, that they even know, you know, you know paying $9 billion is a big risk. And they want, and they're going to want proof of whether or not their risk is going to pay off. They're going to want proof. And they're going to want a lot of proof, you know, in the long run. Not just what they've been getting now, but what they're going to, you know, potentially get in the future. They're going to want proof, you know, right away. You know, in my opinion. And whether or not at the King of the Ring, King, King and Queen of the Ring tournaments, you know, semifinal rounds or finals, you know, in Saudi Arabia, you know, at the end of May, which is what it's scheduled to be, whether or not they make an announcement there that something, some kind of transaction has occurred, again, it's still going to take time. A lot of I's and T's and everything have to be dotted. You know, even but also before they make everything final, they're going to want to see. A lot more evidence on what you know they are potentially purchasing, you know, to put you know on the the potentially purchasing to make part of their company to be part of their ownership with other things that they've basically you know stuck their financial fingers into, like with Newcastle and Nintendo and 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 all these other places that you know they're getting some you know some kind of ownership or stock or piece of the pie of. You know, they're going to want to know what they're getting themselves into. Despite how you feel about their people or not, you know, they're going to want to know. 
And again, I still stick by the fact that I don't think these PFI people are the same way as the other Saudi people are, you know, that, you, that you're thinking of. I think they're more, you know, up to date. I think they're more with it, the more understanding of, hey, the world is changing. Things are moving along. We got to move and change along with it. So I think the Saudi people that own the PFI group, I think they're more understanding than the other Saudi people. Just my opinion. But again, we don't know if a sale is going to happen. Because again, who's going to want to pay $9 billion for WWE knowing that that's a big risk to take? It's kind of like, let's say, you put your house up for sale and people are like, oh, that's a, that's a good house. That I, you know, that's a good house. Hmm, I wonder how much they want it for. And some people might make a guesstimation of, yeah, maybe they want it for $4,000, you know, maybe $5,000. But yeah, you, the owner, would be like, those are good guesses, but I want it for a million. You know what people will think when they hear you wanting it for a million? They'll be like, whoa, that's, uh, that's a steep asking price. And I don't know if I want to risk it on this house. You know, it, it looks nice and everything. It's got a lot of rooms, but... And a lot of space, but do I really want to risk one million on this house? You know, especially with the fact that some things may have to be touched up. You know? You know, there, there's things like that. There are mindsets like that. There are mindsets like that. And, you know, honestly, that's how a lot of the potential buyers are thinking. You know, Amazon's thinking it. Disney, to an extent, is thinking it. ESPN, you know, by extension, is thinking about it. You know, Fox Sports is thinking about it. You know, Endeavor, Liberty Media. You know, all of them are thinking along these lines, including the PFI of Saudi Arabia are thinking along those lines that $9 billion is a big risk to take. And do they really want to do it? You know, for Amazon and Saudi, it probably won't cut into the revenue that much, but still it's a big risk. And it's a big, and it's a risk that if it doesn't play out the way they hope, that's $9 billion they can't get back. It's gone. So they, do they really want to take that risk? I don't know. We'll have to see. But also, I think the reason Vince put that up there is in a sense, in a sense, honestly, my, my thoughts, my opinion, my, my theory and opinion here, I think the reason Vince put that up is because he knows not everybody's going to be in a hurry to really want to pay that. And he's going to hope that this keeps... Anybody else that always comes out and says, hey, is WWE for sale? Are you planning to sell WWE? That it'll keep the mouth shut about it. Like, hey, if he puts an asking price of $9 billion, he knowing not everybody's going to want to pay, you know, pay, you know, pay that asking price and all that, you know, his, his mindset, in my opinion, is it'll keep people from stop, from, it'll basically keep people from asking about a sale of the company from here on in. Basically, like, yeah, that that basically hearing that asking price, it'll be his thought process of, hey, I'm gonna ask nine billion. I know people will be reluctant about paying it, and hopefully that'll shut their mouths about any potential sale in the future. And that's it. You know, that's it. You know, it'll basically shut their mouths. And again, we have to also understand that there are lawsuits heading Vince McMahon's way that will slow down any potential sale, and that not even. The Saudi Arabia people of the PFI group will want to be involved in that situation until things are cleared up. So, so yeah, you know, as far as the future of WWE goes, when it comes to potentially landing, 
you know, people like, you know, the elite and like MJF and all that. I do agree it's uncertain. But if nothing really happens within the time frame that Nick Khan believes it's going to happen in, you know, do I see them potentially, you know, coming over? Yes. And even if a sale does happen and whoever owns the company says, hey, Triple H, we're going to stick with you creatively and all that. Yeah, I could still see Omega and the Bucks coming over knowing that, hey, the guy we want to work with is still, you know, running things creatively. That's cool with us. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. We still got, after today, we still have, believe it or not, uh, what is it, nine months now, I think? Nine months, starting tomorrow, to start really thinking about what, what the future holds. And whether or not WWE will be sold, you know, to, to whoever. Again, they're going to be in Saudi, potentially, for the King and Queen tournaments. Could that be what an announcement's made? Maybe, but I don't think so. Because even if it is, they still got a lot of dots and I's and everything they got to do before it officially becomes official. And also certain guidelines they got to pass. But with these lawsuits, you know, you know, hanging over Vince's head right now, and potentially more on the horizon, we just don't know when, yeah, that's going to slow down any potential sale talk for right now. And like I said, I think Vince honestly asking for $9 billion, that's his way of making sure that yeah, a, you know, a sale will, you know, that's his way of making sure that if he gets that price, it'll be some, it'll be a price he gets, you know, for the company, but not for a long time. Like, you know, if it gets sold, you know, th- you know, sometime this year, you know, it won't be until like later on. And, you know, with his mindset, he's probably thinking this is going to keep people, you know, from talking about a sale from now on if he's going to ask for nine billion, you know, for the company itself. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion, but uh, again, do I see them showing up in WWE? You know, whether or not the you know, if we take the uncertainty of the future, you know, and put it aside, do I see the Bucks and all them, you know, the Bucks, Omega, and MJF showing up? Yeah, I do, but I only see it maybe for one year, at least for the Elite. Let them have the run for a year, and then maybe allow them to go back to AEW. Very similar to what Vince did with Ric Flair. Let them have an agreement, sign a contract for a year. After it's done, go back to AEW and, you know, just continue like nothing, continue where they left off like nothing happened. MJF, I could see being a stalwart, being a mainstay, you know, with the company. um, And and that's probably about it. But again, it all depends on what the future WWE, you know, is. You know, whether or not a sale takes place within the time frame that Khan thinks it's going to, or it's, you know, or the, or whether or not the lawsuits and the asking price that Vince wants for the company is going to slow down any sales talk for the time being. Because I guarantee you, when Nick Khan was on um, CNBC and he said that, he wasn't aware that Vince was going to ask for maybe $9 billion, you know, $9 billion for the sale of the company. I don't think he was aware of that, you know, um, happening, being the sale price that he, Vince would ask for. So I'm guaranteeing you, he's looking at what he's looking back at what he said there and in other interviews and probably taking that back on like, yeah, it's going to take a lot longer now, you know, with that asking price. And also, you can't tell me he's not aware of the lawsuits that are looming over Vince's head that could also sell, slow down the sale price, uh, a sale of the company, period. But again, do I agree with Alex? Do I think we could see the elite in WWE? Um... It's hard to say. I mean, I could see him for at least a year being there and then going back to AEW. But we'll have to see. 
Do I see MGF being there? Absolutely. I could definitely see him being there. And then him maybe, you know, being a stalwart for a while, depending on the future of the company. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But what do you guys think? What do you think the what do you think Omega and the Bucks and MJF will land in 2024? Do you think they will stay with AEW because of the uncertainty of WWE's future, or do you think they will go there, take a chance to paint no matter like who may own the company or whether or not the company is still in the process of a sale being finalized? You know, what are your thoughts? Let me know down below in the comments as well as in the live chat during the premiere. You will get a BW Russell's Discussions Audio Podcast version of this at my podcast and all favorite podcast locations except for Pandora. Click on the uh, Teespring store on the upper left-hand corner here at the end screen to help me out there. Buy merchandise there that you can't find anywhere else. But guys, let me know what your thoughts are. And until next time, I am out.